Hi, you're listening to Find Your Joy. If you're looking for ways to thrive rather than survive in a world that can seem rather chaotic, you're in the right place. We will be sharing stories of our own as well as those from guests who have found ways to bring hope, healing, and freedom into places where trauma has impacted them. I'm Allie, author of The Art of Healing Trauma, and I'm here to remind you that life is sweet. Now, let's dive in and find ways to create our joy. Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Allie with Find Your Joy, and I am thrilled today to be here with Adrian Tickey. Adrian, with her husband Jim, is co owner of the Lodge at Delray Beach. That is a recovery home in Florida. And I'm really excited. They have been saving and changing lives since 2008 with people who have been battling addictions and post traumatic stress disorder and helping people find their way out of uh, some really difficult situations. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I am oh. so excited to be here, Allie. Oh, I love it. It was you that had that little sign. I love the yes, little, I, sign, I love the little sign. thank you sign. That is beautiful. Gratitude is everything, baby. It sure is. And I'm, I'm an expressive person. So this was the only way to do it without being disruptive. You know, I have my signs and I can paddle everybody. I have the laughing one when I want to laugh, you know, that's awesome. I am so going to be stealing that from you. I, or everybody starting the trend or joining the trend. That's awesah That's so yeah. awesome. Adrian has all the signs that she holds up that have happy faces and thank you and cheers. Well, you know, like in a studio audience back for the old school people. Yes. Where they had applause. Yes. And then like, ah, it was a canned applause. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Now you have Does anybody even remember those um, in-person things anymore? I do. I, I even was a studio guest at a few talk shows and different things where they were, walked us through all that. The things that we thought were just naturally happening were ha- happening with some coaching all the way. Along yeah, the right. You kind of get the magic of the camera burst. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's, Isn't that life, just- though? That's it like, you get the magic. You know what? If we go, there's, there's me in the morning when I just wake up, not looking so great. And then there's me after I've had, you know, the shower, the blow dry, then put a little bit of makeup on. There we go. That's the magic of it all. There's the magic. You don't want to exactly. know what's in between. It's the messy me, uh, middle. The messy middle. I won't tell. Very messy middle. You don't. There's there's what happened. That's the awakening. The 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 PTSD. The whatever happened. And then there's the very messy middle. And then on the other side of it, people go, "Oh, I can't believe you've been through these things. You look so great." I'm like, "Yeah, because that really horrible messy part. You weren't there with me for that part. That's right. That that was all me. In fact, I remember. Yes, that was all me. Thank you. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. Because your friends stopped visiting you in the hospital room. You know, you're. Yeah. Your family is about, they have to, they're obligated. <laughs> oh, so tell me a little bit. I'm, I Let's go back to this first. First, tell me a little bit, please, if you would, about uh, your, um, the lodge at Delray Beach. How did that come to be? You've been doing that for what, 14 years now? About 14 years. Uh, it wow. will be 14 years in October. Um well, I tell you, it, it all happened when I met this man whose name was Jim Tickey. I, I had moved um, to Florida as an adult and I sold everything I had. And I moved to Florida as an adult because my mother's family is all from Florida. So uh, summers, I went to Key West and I was raised by my great grandmother in the summers. 
Wow. Okay. And um, not a lot of people can say that, you know? No, not a lot of people can say that. That's I, I will go into that. I mean, I could stop you and we could do three whole shows just on that. That's, that's amazing. So the family, the family, uh, in fact, I think for my healing journey, my family has been vital. I, I, my grandmother's been, been dead almost 12 years now. I write her every day for a year. Oh. I've been writing her every day. Oh, wow. That's going to be, if you ever wanted it to be an amazing book, but anyways, yeah. I, I, you know what? I've got five journals that I've filled up and I looked at my husband the other day. I, I stacked them up in a stack and I looked at him and I said, I think there's a book in here. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But that's in, beautiful. A, in any event, that that's my reason for being, we are a family first operation. We heal families, not just the addict and alcoholic. Um, many families need some serious coaching themselves while their person is, is getting help because they're, they're, they're just talk about PTSD. They're burnt out. They've got vicarious trauma. They've got compassion fatigue, but while their person is going through their own PTSD and trying to self-medicate with alcohol or drugs. Exactly. It's not a far stretch to, to wonder why people would want to self-medicate. Exactly. And then, you know, I think for a lot of people, too, um, when their person goes into a recovery program, it can feel like it's just one more thing they're not a part of. Absolutely. In fact, in those early days, we almost felt bad because we got to see a side of their children that they hardly ever get to see. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Like the the gravity of that, that that we were getting to see the good side of their children and the parents, to be honest, some of them were jealous. Of course. Well, how would you not be if you'd got, you know, whether it's your husband, your wife, your brother, your, your son, your daughter, whoever that is, that you've longed to be close to them all this time. And now they're finally opening up and it's to someone else. That's well, how would you not feel some, I don't know, jealousy or betrayal, uh, intimidation, betrayal, all those kinds of things, right? Because I get it. This is a family disease. This isn't one person. And that's just the person you see down there in addiction. It's right. And this really is the the coming together of two households, me, mine, and my husband's, right? Um, I met him in church. We were not dating when the lodge was opened. We actually weren't even looking at each other for dating. I had met him at church and he was my best friend, but that's exactly why we weren't dating is because if you're a female, you've had a male friend be interested in you and that wasn't reciprocal, right? Yes, right, of course. And there's no way to go back to that relationship afterwards. Right. So wow, we didn't yes. want to risk losing this incredible friendship that we had built up in this incredible partnership in business. And one day we just looked at each other and went, oh my God, I think I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with you. Wow. So you started this business and you weren't even a couple yet. No. Oh my gosh. Oh, the plot thickens. I love it. (laughs) Isn't that right? And we didn't even sleep together. (laughs) Whisper it because you can edit that out. (laughs) That no, that's well, all the better, right? I mean, it's well, it was honestly, I have to tell you, Allie, it was probably the first time that I had a right match because my picker before my husband 
was broken. God's picker is not broken, but mine, my husband's broken. We had to learn how to be in a relationship with each other Mm. before we could really take off as the lodge. We, We have had at our height, we had 60 souls that Jim and I were responsible for. Now, of course, we have a staff, but ultimately it's us, right? Right, absolutely. And you have families that are at, at you know, their, their, their person that has their pants on fire. They wow. are executives or professionals that have been caught on their job, whisked off to a two weeks detox vacation. So he's going to come back to the office on, on Monday or the, or the hospital on Monday and nobody's going to know that he wasn't on vacation. Right. Okay. Okay. And so we helped them through that first year. Really, it's wow. one thing to, to recover. It's another thing to stay sober and to rejoin society as a sober person. Right. And you're right to rethink, to relearn your responses and reactions. And, and you know, you just when world. you think you can, you, it couldn't happen to you. Two days ago, a pilot was pulled off of a JetBlue airplane because he was four times the legal limit. I saw, I read that, right? I, um, yeah, I mean. He it had to it, be it, pulled it, off by the cops because oh. they're that um, condescending and, and that egotistical. Who are you? I'm the pilot. Right. I had drinks last night. Get away from me. Yeah, but you're right. still blowing a point one. Right. Right. And there, there are driving to a whole that. new level. Mothers of drunk drivers are going to have a field day with this. Yes. But it right. And again, it, there's, there's laws in place for that with pilots, right? How many hours has to be between their last drink and when they work? Yes, because, ma'am. They call it bottle to throttle. They call it bottle, bottle to, to throttle. Oh, whoa. Okay. They already have, they already have a program called birds of a feather for the pilots who get caught drinking and go to AA meetings there. There's 109 contacts on their website. So this is, I'm here to bring awareness that where, what happens in, in someone's life that's had a lot of trauma is that they become more susceptible to choosing drugs or alcohols as an escape. Right. Right. To self-medicate, to, to make those voices go away, to be able to sleep at night. Yes. Yes. And then the next thing they know, it's gotten out of control. Right. It just happened that fast. And it's happened for all of us, unfortunately, that fast with COVID has alcoholism, addiction and overdose up 40 percent. Right. So we train people two percent make it two percent of the people who seek treatment for drugs and alcohol ever achieve long lasting sobriety. Wow, that's scary, sometimes it's it? mostly five step forward, then fall back a couple. And then, you know, it's it spurts for a while. But if we stay with it like we do in long term. We have seen successful um, NHL, NFL. We have seen autism spectrum kids. We have had two people on the spectrum. We have people from Indian reservations. We've had doctors, lawyers, um, people that. They're trying to get their life back. They screwed it up. Right. And they know they screwed it up and they know they, they got sober. They're, they, they just got sober in two weeks. Now, how do they stay sober? Right. Because most people don't know how to stay sober once they got sober. 
how to live. Especially when you couldn't tell anybody that you're in the program. You have to lie. That's that's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. And so we really help them thrive in their new environment. Yes, you got caught. But the good news is we can help you. You can recover. And, And at the same time, we are dealing with those trauma incidents and helping them work through that in whatever way is best for them. Uh, some people prefer emotional freedom technique or um, some people prefer EMDR or talk therapy or what, however they need. That's that's an outside issue for us. Right. But as far as the dic- addiction goes, it's total abstinence. And then we teach you how to walk that out. Wow. So that's that's amazing. So so how does um, you had mentioned earlier uh, that you help people process trauma, past traumas. So what does that look like within your program? Well, we have um, groups of six people and uh, we have a, a licensed medical, medical, how do you say that? A licensed mental health counselor. Oh, okay, great. Uh, who comes in twice a week, uh, twice a month, I'm sorry. And he speaks with um, both the boys and the girls about we're talking about basic needs here, right? We have to go back and roll this back to like fourth grade. You have to be a sober, productive member of society. And you might know really well how to, how to drive a plane. You might know really well how to cut me up and, and sew me back together, but you don't know a thing about staying sober. Wow. Powerful. And, and that, if, if they can get past that, because normally the ego that got them in those jobs to begin with, right, because the type of person that would have to do this level of work, I mean, I can't imagine driving a plane with 200 people on it every day, back and forth, and not letting the gravity of that really sink into you, that now it's gotten so bad, we really have had to escape life so much that a pilot is four times the legal limit getting ready to drive the plane. Right. Right. It's just the denial screaming out, help us. Yes. Yes. And we're here. And I, and I, and I'm guess, you know, people, when someone is, um, people are not typically thinking I can't cope with life. So I'm going to drink. They're thinking I'm just going to have a drink. And by the way, everyone else is a bit of a jerk. Yeah, right, that, the, and, that's how that and works. Turned, right? And here's what it turned into. Uh, really, um, the liquor store was an essential business during the right. pandemic. Why? Yes. Do you know why? I'll tell you. Okay. Because if they stopped liquor, they would have people in the hospitals in withdrawal. Right. And they didn't have the beds. They needed the beds for COVID patients. It was a policy decision made on the highest levels. Wow. To keep the alcohol flowing because there would be hospitals would be overrun. Wow. That makes sense. It's um, it's it's the good news is that you can recover from addiction. Yeah. And I'm just to be clear, I'm not saying it makes sense. Like I think, oh, that's a great decision. I'm just thinking, right. It, it, I understand where it could be why it would make sense if I was looking at the larger picture and trying to figure out I don't have enough beds and this is going to create however much more. And then plus, well, I'd hate, sounds rather cynical, but there's also the the tax dollars coming in from 
the alcohol revenue from the alcohol revenue. So there's 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 many layers in the Corona Corona cashed in because it was a coronavirus. Oh, that they made Corona commercials about the coronavirus. Did they really? Oh, I see. I didn't even. uh, Okay, so here we go. I I I, I know that Corona is a beer. I hadn't seen a Corona commercial. Um, They made a play on it. It was hilarious. It's like it's the coronavirus. Right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but all that wow. to say that recovery is possible and there is hope. Um, you don't have to relapse, but it is frequently a, a reality that we deal with in recovery. Right. Um, a, a lot of times, as we spoke um, before in the green room, it's it's five steps forward and a couple of steps back. And then you try something new and, and you you really hone it. It's an individualized process. Yes. Wow. And we found a way to called recovery comes home to bring that individualized process to you in the comfort of your own home, in okay. the privacy of your own home. So you don't have to worry about you. We have a safe space. We're, we're holding of name recovery. Say that. Could you say that one more time? The name recovery comes home. Recovery comes home. That's that's really wonderful because how long now you were talking about two week programs earlier. How long is your program? Our program is one year. Okay. And it is done via Zoom. Uh, We are we are considering doing a hybrid now that things are opening up back again. Of course, we have have had to pivot our business uh, like so many others have had to do. Yes. Yes. Um. We are going to the online space because that's where treatment is going. Okay. They are so doing treatment are actually... by Zoom sometimes. Oh. And, and what doctors, lawyers, um, NFL wow. players, NHL players, judges, attorneys, they don't have the time to go away for a year into one of our lodges. Right. Okay. So but they so... do have the time because they need us. They don't know how to stay sober and they're getting ready to lose their job, which means the kids will be gone. The wife will be gone. The cars will be gone. The boats will be gone. Wow. So, okay. So I'm just, I'm going to skip around a bit here. So let's just say pre COVID or post COVID we're all hoping there'll be a post COVID (laughs) anyways. So pre COVID people came and lived in your lodges and how long did they live there typically? Did they live there six months? Six months is was the commitment, but okay. a lot uh, average stay is a year, and we still have um, three houses. Okay, single beds, so we can only we can only um, accommodate so many people. Uh, right. But by by September of this year, we really want to be have only ten people in the residences and be doing the coaching full time. Wow, that's amazing. So th- that's a huge commitment for someone to make. What kind of a, like, I suppose they're about, if you're about to lose everything, then taking a six month sabbatical is the least of your worries at that point. You're right. You're about to lose. It, it probably at first seems like you're going to lose your job or your husband or wife or something like that. And that appears to be the most, um, 
obvious thing that you're trying to avoid. And then once you are walking this path, you realize it's actually your life you're saving. Right. That's but, but see, nobody's going to buy. Um, nobody's going to buy our program. If I say we take a year and help you save your own life. No. Right. They're like, no, no, no. I look, you're drunk. You got caught. I can help you. The only question that you need to ask is which account are we going to pay out of this from? Because you, it, it's too dangerous now to do it by yourself. We are having pilots pulled over for drunk driving. Right. Like uh, mind boggling, right? It's, it's, um, so a question. So I, I live in Canada, right? You're in the States. Um, so now in Canada, some are government uh, subsidized programs, some are not. I mean, so we have both here. So now in, in the United States, are some of the programs either paid by long-term medical or some sort of insurance? Are there ways that people can fund this? Because I'm, I'm guessing it's, uh, it's a costly uh, venture. Uh, it is. It, it is places. I mean, you're you're not just that. You have to house people and feed them and to keep the lights on. You've got round the clock staff. You've. I mean, that's huge. I mean, I can't imagine what that costs. We do. It's a. It's a. It's quite a production, actually. Um, yeah. And that's why when we when we hit our max at sixty souls that we were taking care of, we really took a, a, a year and and. We scale down to scale up, if that makes sense. It makes beautiful sense, but maybe explain it for the listener. Well, so we, we knew that we had to scale back to be able to provide the, the level of service that we were charging for. Beautiful. Um, so uh, the, what I will say about that to answer your previous question is it, in the U.S. it goes state by state. Okay. Okay. It's some, some do, some States do have some kind of assistance. Some States don't Florida does okay. not California does. Um, it makes it for a very, very different recovery experience when it's, you know, one or the other, right. Because of that, we offer 10% of our beds on scholarship. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. That's-, that's so for the people that can't afford it, it's an option that we've come up with that we wow. fund through our business. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. And do, and, and can people, um, so it's a business, not a nonprofit. Oh, Cause all of these things in Canada anyways, would matter in terms of where you could get funding from even. So but remember your health insurance is, is government. Ours is tied to our job. So it's a totally different. Right, okay. Oh, so, so a person's place of employment, it might well be worth it to yes. fund. It would fund definitely person. be worth it because if you're right. talking about C-suite level executives, professional hockey players, yes, it, it yes. costs uh, upwards of $300,000 to it, replace an executive. Exactly. Exactly. So whatever so from the an HR is, standpoint, they look at detox res, which is what they will go to for two weeks. Right. It's about 20 to $30,000. Okay. For two weeks. Okay. That's not it. We don't have anything to do with that. That's medical. Right. A medical detox. And that is to sustain their bodies when they're while they are actually detoxing because of the impact, because they could seize, because they could uh, hurt themselves. Right. Okay. And so they they need a medical detox and then they're they're on a flight back to a job. And they show up and the board of directors says it's one or done. You you have one chance. The medical community says you have one chance. Okay. 
And I just want to revisit that too, um, especially for people who are listening who might be looking at going towards recovery or their loved ones or something like that. So when you're talking about um, a person to two weeks, a medical detox, that's around that if when a person is that heavily addicted to any drug, including alcohol, that they're, they could have seizures. There, there are, there's a medical impact to their body that requires trained professionals to oversee that. And then I'm imagining how sick that that person could be during that. Uh, don't let that scare you. Get well anyways. <laughs> but- right. And, and, nobody, and nobody in this whole time, Allie, is saying, I don't, I'm not going to drink for the rest of my life. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. How is that even possible? They're I, still trying I to figure out their way back. <laughs> what am I going to do at, at, at functions, at employee functions that are held and drinking is everywhere? Yes, yes, yes. Have, we, we can help with that. Have a mocktail ready. Yes. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you found a piece of your joy in this episode, I would love to hear about what came up for you so that we can continue to grow the impact of this show. Thanks again. See you soon. And remember, find your joy. 